25 minutes to 3 o'clock. What an action-packed programme we've had today. And now more action because Cruz McCalligan is on the line and uh, I can't believe it, Cruz. Hot chocolate. Is that what we're you're talking, talking about? Hot chocolate. Yes, <laughs> oh, we are. You, you've kind of made me weak at the knees now because I'm avoiding <laughs> anything like that at the moment. But yes, tell me what you can. I, of course, I can. So, um, for me, this has been, you know, the recent cold snap in the weather we've had. Mm-hmm. I missed my window, Sardia, because <laughs> I love really, really hot hot drinks right like if I have a coffee or a cup of tea it has to school the inside of my mouth (laughs) and burn me on the way down it always has it drives my family members nuts because I I just won't finish a drink if it's gone cold you keep keep putting it in the microwave then yes or topping it up with hot water now hot chocolate is one of those things I wouldn't say I like adore hot chocolate because for me the circumstances surrounding the consumption of hot chocolate have to be very specific it has to be very very cold outside I have to feel that chill in my bones and the hot chocolate drink itself has to be scalding hot and have that proper creaminess to it. Not like necessarily an oversweetness, but a real kind of creamy chocolatiness mm, mm, to it. I can, I I can have, taste it now. <laughs> I have like, um, when I was a student in New Zealand, which I was freezing cold all the time, um, me and my flatmates used to bungle into the car together like a whole bunch of us and do these late night hot chocolate runs to this one shop (laughs) on really 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 cold nights when all of us were miserable and our ceiling was dripping inside and we had to defrost our shampoo bottles in the shower and we were just miserably cold and we'd go okay we're going to go and get one of those famous hot chocolates and it would be this small little cup but it was almost like a liquid chocolate and it was Mm. delicious Mm. but it had to be scalding hot and I think ever since that every other hot chocolate has disappointed me so I'm still working up to when I and I missed it I missed my window party because it was quite cold a couple days back (laughs) and um, I was too busy to think about making myself a proper decent hot chocolate but I wanted to talk about it a little bit because hot chocolate or liquid chocolate I should say um, or chocolate as a beverage, maybe, um, actually predates chocolate in a bar, bonbon, sauce, oh, cake right. form. Mm, yeah, so actually, for, for much of its history, chocolate wasn't something we would eat out of hand or find in dessert recipe. The modern chocolate bar, as we know it now, uh, didn't really emerge until the mid-1800s when technology and inventiveness converged. In fact, it was a man called Kasparus van Houten who developed the cocoa butter press in the 1820s, and he was originally after the pressed solid. So he was actually looking up um, um, the, the cocoa butter, the fat that makes up over 50% of the cocoa bean, was actually just a byproduct of his process. And it would be a long time, many years before... Um, a chocolate maker would come up with the idea to get some of that extra cocoa butter back into the ground cocoa beans and sugar. So that was really interesting. That was what made it that kind of creamy chocolate. Now, um, this is when chocolate started to resemble what we think of it as today, and its texture and flavor would continue to evolve as the Industrial Revolution followed. But before that, when someone talked about chocolate, they were referring to a beverage, and we can trace the history of chocolate back thousands of years to the Olmec, Mayan, and Aztec cultures mm, of present-day mm. Mexico and Central America. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, sometimes I think about this, about, like, the first person who tried, like, a cacao bean, and it would have just been mind-blowing, like, that richness of flavor, you know? Like, mm. 
it's like the opposite of that famous phrase, like, "'Twas a brave man who tried the first oyster." <laughs> and I'm always like, yeah, why did someone do that? Um, but, but at the same time, I think, wow, it's, 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 it would have been mind-blowing. Um, and these early chocolate makers from the Olmec mine and Aztec cultures, they cultivated the cacao tree, and they rendered the seeds of its fruit, or the chocolate bean, the cacao bean, into a drink. And what these cultures really enjoyed wasn't really what we think of as a hot chocolate today. For starters, it probably wasn't served hot, and it wouldn't have been sweetened. It would have been made with water and flavored with spices and flowers, and they would have made it frothy by pouring it from one vessel into another, you know, over and over and over again. Um, the beans themselves were of great value and a significant staple crop, although a lot of historians suggest that it was only enjoyed by a few and wasn't really part of the average person's diet, rather used primarily for medicinal and ceremonial uses. And most um, culinary applications of it, including savoury um, mole, 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 you would know this, you're a food person. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you call it? Is it mole or mole? I don't know. Savory, it's a savory <laughs> sauce made with cacao beans. Mm, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel ignorant now. I don't yeah, know I what you're talking I'm about. I'm very okay, ignorant with these things. <laughs> anyone knows what it's, how you say it, please let us know. Um, but of course, after the Spanish conquered the birthplace of chocolate in the 1500s, naturally it would undergo further changes as it made its way to European drinkers. And so the first, the people that kind of adapted this Aztec beverage as sort of cacao bean water water were probably the missionaries who were converting the indigenous people um, and I guess um, uh, the, by the time the chocolate took hold back in Spain it started to evolve into something recognizable today which was that served warm sweetened and whipped to a froth using a wooden molinillo um, but it remained however a treat for nobility and it was like one of those things that was just reserved for the noble folk as it slowly spread throughout Europe. And this created a growing taste of chocolate, which became a beverage that was on par with tea and coffee and led to its cultivation in European colonies and tropical zones around the world. So for two, um, two centuries, its population surged, but it remained not about eating it, but about drinking it. Mm. So that's so, which is really, really interesting. That's kind of what it started with. Now, um, Van Houten, as I mentioned before, the man who... Um, developed the cocoa butter press, Kasparas van Houten, um, he sought to remove cocoa butter from the preparation. His goal was to make a lighter beverage with, with much of its fat removed um, for what many at the time referred to as a more digestible cocoa. Um, and soon after, digestible cocoa became increasingly accessible to a wider audience. Um, it started being something people had in the morning or the afternoon as a pick-me-up, which is like totally fair because why wouldn't yeah, you have Yeah, sugar rush. <laughs> yeah, sugar rush. Um, chocolate would also be touted for various health benefits and considered a gentler alternative to its cousin coffee. And of course, as chocolate culture progressed, it did find its way into a bar form um, in the mid-1800s. And then by the turn of the 20th century, cocoa and chocolate were firmly embedded in our daily regimen, or mm. for most of our daily regimen. <laughs> um, We'd rather not so, say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's a really... It's Fascinating. It's a really, really fascinating idea. Now, I, I found, um, and later on, don't let me forget, I found a really amazing recipe for mm. hot chocolate mm. that I'd love to share, which is apparently, um, uh, which was kind of inspired by the original Mexican style hot chocolate, but also with the obvious modern evolution to it. Um, but we do see, if we go back again to think about this a bit more, in and um, what these, um, what people used to 
having this drink. The Mayans and the Aztecs, when we're thinking about their chocolate, it was made with chili, water, toasted corn, um, and it was kind of lukewarm. And um, they, they, the thing is, the Spanish um, were, were pretty used to sweetening things up. So they were the ones who then added cinnamon and sugar and other spices to the mix. But this is obviously nothing like the very sweet, creamy concoctions that we have today. And have you ever had like a chili hot chocolate, Sadia? I've had kind of chili sprinkled on it once, um, mm. which was just, and, and they weren't too strong. It was okay. It was quite nice. Not bad. Yeah, I think it's, um, I find it, I really enjoy it, actually. I had a, I had a friend, I used to work, uh, shift work um, as, a, as a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And that was something a friend of mine introduced me to, with sprinkling chili on our coffees or our hot chocolates to kind of wake us up when we were mm. there at the crack of dawn or really, really late at night. It just gives you a bit of a um, kick, doesn't it? It does, it gives you a bit of a kick. It's a delight. Obviously, you have to like chili, though. Um, now, if we look back at the um, pure cacao drink that early Mesoamericans crafted, um, it was high in calories and high in antioxidants and had that jolt of caffeine as well. So they believed it had very restorative properties. And Aztec warriors would often drink cacao before going into battle. Um, the drink gained a reputation as being an aphrodisiac. And as, nope. as a result, after the recipe came to Spain in the 16th century, monks locked it away to prevent <laughs> widespread philandering. Hot chocolate recipes. I'll have to tuck my box away then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, yes, it's, it's quite an interesting idea there. So you have, um, you have this thing that... Um, that, you know, people were drinking hot chocolate. And then when we think about, um, it becomes a source of religious controversy in the 16th and 17th century, mainly among the moneyed class, where there was a debate, is it a drink? Is it food? Um, and the distinction would dictate whether Europe's Roman Catholics could have it during religious fasting, which occurred numerous times throughout the year. And the argument went all the way to Pope Gregory XIII, <laughs> who decreed that drinkable chocolate was fine while um, to consume while fasting Ooh. and future popes have agreed but wow. the debate rages on with a lot of clerics specifically it's not really fasting if you've got chocolate there. <laughs> no, but isn't it funny that this is an ongoing yeah, thing in, yeah. the, in, in, in religious circles about whether or not you can have a hot chocolate as a, <laughs> is it a drink is it a food um so yeah, it's quite interesting. In in the 17th century England, and um, that all these things, um, because of the spread of the popularity of hot chocolate and chocolate, that you had these chocolate houses, and these were establishments which served up hot chocolate. Oh, like cafes. And you would go, mm. and people would have um, political banter and gamble and just general debauchery and drink really luxurious hot chocolate, which just seems such a PG beverage <laughs> in, in, in you know alongside what they were kind of doing in these places i was just about to say um, she'd bring the chocolate houses back but then after you gave me the details i thought well, maybe not <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not maybe not um but um it was very interesting the belief in chocolate's restorative qualities extended well past the reign of the mayans and the aztecs during the revolutionary war medics would often dole out cups of hot chocolate to wounded and dying soldiers and hot chocolate mixes were given out monthly to soldiers and sometimes offered in lieu of wages. And it's a very interesting thing. I think there's a lot of conversation now around, like, food has different purposes, right? And we have food to fuel us and food mm, to provide mm. us nutrition. And there is also food to comfort. And food does have an emotional 
we all have, or most Absolutely. of us have a very emotional response to food. Yes. And yes. there is something I can imagine in, and I think that's why I find it difficult myself to have a cup of hot chocolate if it's not really bitingly cold, because I, I think I'm chasing the comfort properties of the beverage rather mm. than the sweetness or rather than that. It's that, that feeling of proper, it's like when you've had like, um, have you ever gone on one of those really wet, windy hikes yeah. and you're yeah. a little bit sodden and you come and you find yourself somewhere and someone makes you a cup of tea and it could be the most yes. cup of gumbo tea. But it tea tastes so good. Just, right? Yes. I um, remember as a child walking to school and it was a good mile or so and I used to take a little flask of hot chocolate and then when I used to get mm. to school I used to sit in the co- in the sort of cloakroom where we used to hang our coats and stuff and sit down and drink this nice creamy hot chocolate. I, that's what I remember oh, from my thermos. What so it was really hot. What a delight. That sounds so beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I have similar memories. I remember my mum had a big green flask a big green thermos that she'd take to our school sports mm. days and stuff with hot chocolate in mm. it and we'd get a little cup of hot chocolate at the end of something and that's what i'm saying that comfort factor yeah, yeah. to this beverage and that you know it's 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 very powerful so um anyway so it's pretty wonderful um thomas jefferson the U, the the third u.s president purchased his first batch of chocolate in 1775 and became hooked and um, he wrote to John Adams about the future he saw for hot chocolate in America. He said, <laughs> the superiority of chocolate, both for health and nourishment, will soon give it pre- the preference over tea and coffee. Um, so that's quite funny as well, I think, <laughs> you mm. know, that you can that you can have like that, that idea that there was, it was foretold. The, the popularity of hot chocolate was foretold. Mm. Um, um, but yes, it also, it, as we were talking about the fact that, you know, as a fuel and as a, as a, as a food, it fueled polar explorers. British explorer Robert <laughs> Falcon Scott and his men subsisted off hot cocoa and stew during their year-long trek to the South Pole. And the expedition made it to the Pole in January 1912, only to find that Norwegian team led by um, Ruled Amundsen had gotten there a month prior. And tragically, Scott team ran out of provisions on the, as you know the story, if you do know the story, on the return journey and perished, while Edmondson, who had packed five times as much cocoa, returned a hero. Um, and decades later... It's the energy factor, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, the energy factor, totally. And that little jolt of caffeine and that comfort, all of those things, the magic food. And decades later, in 1989, the six members of his sled dog expedition across Antarctica consumed nearly 2,100 packets oh, of Swiss Miss packets hot cocoa in 1989 <laughs> oh, so it was obviously like you know it was a, basically a food group to these arctic adventurers um mm. which is quite amazing um the in in world war one uh the ymca served up uh hot cocoa to aid in morale and keep soldiers energized during the war and they sent more than 25 25,000 volunteers to set up these comfort stations all along the battlefront. And that was what they were. They were stocked with magazines, cigarettes, and snacks, but then piping hot pots of cocoa. Um, and, yeah, so it was quite, you know, again, it's that thing that it does have that feeling of It's the comfort, comfort factor, food. yes. Yes, that's yeah. right. It's like almost when you say, oh, I need a cup. The solution to everything is, oh, you need a cup of tea. But if it's purely comfort and warmth, mm. then you have the hot chocolate for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, like we do, it does have some surprising health benefits. 
Um, but of course, it has to be said, like a packet mix hot chocolate from the supermarket contains processed chocolate and a lot of filler ingredients. Mm. So it doesn't really have a lot in the way of nutrition. Mm. But the closer you can get to real unadulterated chocolate, the better. And studies have linked antioxidants, which chocolate contains in abundance, to everything from cancer prevention to lowering blood pressure. And chocolate also contains theobromine, which is a known mood elevate, um, elevator. I and know, adding... I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, you, don't talk to me about theobromine. <laughs> I live by it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, adding milk can also boost the drink's health benefits while um, by adding calcium and vitamins to the mix. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it does have some benefits, but of course, the more that you remove it from its original, you know, it, it, the more processed it is and the more packaged it is with just refined sugars and things, it's not going to have as many health benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still going to have that comfort factor. I know in years gone by where, you know, you, you didn't want to, I was trying to avoid all sweet treats and things like that and making myself little hot chocolates with boiling water. And it was just never the same as making it with a splash of milk. Mm. Yeah, no, much nicer with milk. Yeah, it's much, much nicer with milk. Um, But yeah, so our our love affair with chocolate really stretches back um, millennia, to be honest, Mm. um, um, which is quite interesting. And, you know, even if we go back even further than that, um, to be honest, archaeologists have discovered earliest traces of cocoa in pottery used by... Um, Mayo-Chinchipi culture 5,300 years ago in the upper Amazon region of Ecuador. So, like, chocolate has been this political, spiritual, economic thing for ancient Mesoamerican civilizations. Um, and so it's, even though, you know, that we then, you know, fast forward to them drinking it and things like that, it's been a part of who they are. And, and it was a part of, like, it was a cultural mainstay, which is pretty remarkable. Mm. Um, so yes, but I do have I do have one quote to finish on okay. today, Sadia, mm-hmm. yep. which is from Henri Frédéric Amiel, mm-hmm. and he's a man after my own heart, I think. He <laughs> says, "Love is like swallowing hot chocolate before it has cooled off. It takes you by surprise at first, but keeps you warm for a long time." Oh, that is lovely. That's the perfect note to end off there and perfect for you. Now, you better go and just, you know, get go into somewhere cool and just make yourself yeah. a hot, hot, hot chocolate. <laughs> Stick okay. my head in the freezer. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So many things I need to think about now, honestly. All right. Thank Delightful. you ever so much then, Cruz. No problem. See, See you then. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. No way, no.